Hello, everyone. This is Mike Sedam, and welcome back to the Crucial Talks podcast. On this podcast, we believe if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people. So before we get into this episode, I'd like to ask you for a quick favor. If you could please subscribe to, review, and share the podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it. I really want to build a network of people interested in what drives us as people. Now, the Crucial Talks podcast has some foundations that underpin everything we talk about. One of those foundations is that people are social storytellers. We're social animals that interact with others and can create reality with each other, and we need social belonging. It's what has made us so successful as a species. Another foundation is that people tell each other stories, and from those stories, we learn from each other. Our ancestors didn't need to each face a saber-toothed tiger to know they were dangerous. Our buddy that barely escaped from one taught us that we don't want to face one alone. And today, we get to dive deeper into those two areas. First, we dive into the notion of people as social animals because of the need for trust in our social groups. And second, we get to dive really deep into learning. So I'm really excited to welcome today's guest, Isaac Tolpin. Isaac is one of the founders of ConveyYour.com. Now, this is a microlearning platform for learner engagement. And let me tell you what's so great about Isaac. He's a tech guy and a futurist. But even though he is focused on tech and what the future holds for us, he aligns these specialties with human behavior. He's been able to understand the relationship between human behavior, business, and technology. That's why it's so cool to have him as a guest. He understands technology is here and that it's changing every day, but he's able to align that with the fact that we are still dealing with people. So join me in welcoming Isaac Tolpin to the Crucial Talks podcast. How you doing, Isaac? I'm doing great, Mike. What a great intro. No, it's great to be here. Well, it's pretty cool what you're doing, man. The the whole focus on technology and how it's changing the workplace, how it's changing communities, how it's changing society kind of ignores that human factor, which is why it's so great talking to you. But before we start talking more about people and learner trust and micro learning, can you tell us a little bit about you and how you became an expert in micro learning and education technology? Yeah, you know, I've been an entrepreneur at heart since I was a kid and um, you know, running different businesses, I've won, I've lost, I've learned from those experiences. And, you know, prior to Convey you were, we were building a I would call it a publishing model on the online course side. And we had corporate consultants, celebrity speakers, trainers, and so forth. And we would do the production side. And there really wasn't a solution for technology to put content in that aligned with human behavior. And so I was deep in conversations with deans of universities to people on boards of large MOOCs and just deep in the space. And I was just perplexed that, you know, nobody had really humanized uh, this experience. And frankly, if anybody listening, you know, goes, Hey, you know, I, I can think of a time where I took an online course, probably the next thing you think of is how boring it was. And so, you know, it can't be that way. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's, what's cool, man. You mentioned boring, right? And for anybody who's listening that doesn't know what a MOOC is, can you tell us what that is real quick? Yeah. Massive online, uh, I forgot what the other O is courses, massive yeah. online something courses. Yes. Well, and it's pretty much, I think we all kind of know of these because there's a lot of listeners that probably have done like a, a webinar or something like that. And one of the key things you said is they're boring, right? And 
we talk all the time on the Crucial Talks podcast about how people are are not analytic data processors. They're emotional decision makers, right? It's all about the feeling. And that's why I love what you said that, hey, these things are boring, right? So you you started this this process or you started going down this road in this business. Why? Is it because you saw that people needed to learn, but they needed to learn in a way that impacts the, the human beings that we all are? Well, yeah. You know, I just feel like somebody's job is an important part of their life and their job impacts their entire family. I'm a family man. And, you know, I just feel like if you can help them make progress, elevate them uh, in their company, then you're having a huge win. And learning is, is crucial, but it's no longer important that con- content's no longer king or queen, if you'd rather. But it, content it, by itself, I mean, is a commodity. It's everywhere. But if you can deliver content in a way that people love consuming it, now you have king or queen. So content distributed correctly is the winner. And most companies are failing at that. And so what you have in companies is a lack of the right culture. You have, uh, I really believe in an organization, if you have a strong learning culture, a hunger for improvement, learning, growth, that kind of thing, then it impacts all the other things executives care about. What do they care about? Employee engagement. They care about retention of employees. They care about you know, people making progress and wanting to, you know, help the company make progress. Well, when there's an incredible learning culture, all of those things happen. I believe it's the linchpin for those things. Well, I love that because one of the things I do is a bunch of risk management and safety public speaking. And one of the things we talk about a lot for safety culture is that organizations have to have a strong learning culture. They have to be learning organizations if you want to build the capacity to deal with risk and have safer environments. And it really sounds like you're kind of saying the same thing when it comes to to learning in general, because you're going to be able to impact all of these positive things because you have this strong learning culture. Is that about right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's like in Good to Great, Jim Collins' book, he talks about the flywheel. And, you know, it's really hard to get the flywheel going at first. It takes a lot of pushes. You finally get it one rotation. And then and then you keep pushing hard, pushing hard, right decision after right decision after right decision, a mistake and learn from it, another right decision. And pretty soon that flywheel is humming really fast. And all you have to do is kind of just hit it and it's going really fast. And, you know, a lot of times people want to say, hey, you know, how'd you get that flywheel going so fast? And and there's no it's not like you go back to one decision that made that thing you know, go really fast. Remember, it was accumulation of many right decisions and making mistakes and, and learning from them and but persevering and continuing to go to get that thing going. I believe um, getting the learning culture right is key, but here's the problem. A learning culture doesn't happen with events. And that's where people are getting it so wrong. Human behavior is, 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 is changed with consistent, repetitive actions over a long period of time. And so you can't get that with normal training because it's too expensive and they don't, you can't make enough of it and people don't like it. So even if you give it to them, you can't change culture uh, with a speech or a series of speeches once in a while. You can't change culture by micromanaging people. In fact, that hurts things. So, you know, it's really, it takes something else. And that's why, you know, we got passionate about this. Well, and I like that a lot because what you're, what you're telling me is really that to have an impact 
on an organization, a positive impact, that it, it takes this constant, almost like a constant pressure, right? Like you're not going to turn a ship that big by just all of a sudden inputting a lot of control. You're going to slowly but surely over time impact momentum of that organization. Yes, yes. Consistent rhythm of the right pressure on the right things, making the right things happen. And, um, you know, it's different, it, it, you know. So how do you do that? I mean, that's the hard thing is like, how do you, so here's some questions you want to answer, right? To, to driving a learning culture is like, how do you make production so easy that we can get training up, you know, real time and make it just in time? How can we deliver it in a way that people love consuming it, but it's not too much. It's not a burden to their day and they're already so busy. How can you make it to where it's engaging? It breaks down silos and it brings departments together. How can you make it so it facilitates more discussion around the key result areas of your business? And then how can you make sure it aligns with the overall culture and vision and core values of the company? And, and that's where it, it gets fun because sometimes, you know, HR is separated from the C-suite in some ways. Um, you know, but if you if you have the right ongoing, what I would call just in time training uh, happening, it can actually bring everything together. All right. So I love everything you're saying so far, because we're talking what you're coming to us as is an expert in micro learning and how people can actually be part of these learning cultures and how organizations can take advantage of it. But what I love about what you said about how do you do it? You basically talked about it in a way that, hey, let's make learning and training in a way that people want to consume it, right? That it's fun for them, that they're engaged, right? So we're engaging the emotional parts of people's brains. You also said it, it breaks down silos. And that's one of the biggest things we talk about all the time on the Crucial Talks podcast is social in-group belonging that in a lot of organizations are kind of average or they're not doing very well. There are those silos where workers don't communicate with managers and managers don't really communicate with executives and HR is so separated from everybody else and safety is in its own little office. And that breaking down those silos doesn't mean everybody's the same. It means you're taking the strengths of their diversity. And then you also said facilitate more discussion. Well, one of the biggest things we talk about all the time is how human beings Communication is such a big part of what we do because we get to construct ideas with each other. And then you said, make sure it aligns with core values, which really comes down to can people actually share belonging in these organizations? And those values are really where, where all that power lies. So what I'd like you to talk about now is kind of one of those values, which is this need for people to have trust. And if we're going to talk about people as learners, and we're going to focus on a learning culture. I know you talk about it. If you give us a quick little brief on it and what it means, but what is learner trust and how do you improve it in an organization or in a group? Oh, no, it's so important. Um, you know, why do we just think of yourself, anybody listening, why, why do you actually make a behavior, do something? You know, it's because you trust that that's going to be worth your time. You trust that that's going to be a good investment of your time. We don't get any more time, right? Time is the most precious thing. And even for your employees, and they want to do well, but a lot of times they already feel burdened, right? Isn't that true? Where they're already full, plates full, there's always so much to do. And so if we ask too much of them in a training environment, 
it becomes a burden. And if training becomes a burden, then even if they watch it because they want to save their job and you told them to as a boss, then it doesn't mean they're going to change behavior. They're almost gritting their teeth while they're doing it. That's not in alignment with the culture you're trying to create. So what you have to do, and, and there's some rules here we've developed and we've seen the data could prove this, which is you have five minutes. Okay, so uh, many things need to happen within five minutes to establish and keep learner trust around your training. If you break learner trust, they're not going to come back to your next lesson. So these are the things. Uh, it's got to be straight into the point content, a video that's one to four minutes max. Okay, and we can talk about why that is and how you do that with complex subjects and so forth later. Um, the other thing is it's got to uh, have completion basic, but I, I got to know if I do this, it's going to record that I did it and it's going to move me to the next thing next time I come back. Um, it's got to, I got to get recognized for it. And whether people admit this or not, this is a big deal. And it's got to have gamification and social learning. So uh, recognition and, and, and seeing that other people are doing it with me, I'm part of something bigger than myself as I'm going through this training and I'm getting recognized. But it's also, um, you know, it's got to be mobile friendly. So if if you're using software that was built for PCs and made to also work on a mobile device later, you're losing, okay? It's gotta be built for mobile, but work on everything. That's crucial. And it's gotta have the ability to have just-in-time notifications, um, you know, other than an email. And email has its place and, you know, sometimes you use that, but it's gotta have better things than that, like a push notification from an app or a text message or something like that. Okay, if you establish those things, and all of that happens within five minutes, seven minutes max, let's say, then you're keeping learner trust. If you go beyond that, they're not going to do it. Just think of yourself. Right now, if you were in a course and you thought to yourself, do I have 15 minutes right now to do a lesson? You're probably going to say no. Do I have 10 minutes? Probably not. Five minutes? You're going to say yes. Anybody can fit in five minutes. And if you never break that, you've established a trust that every time they get a notification, it's going to only take them five minutes. It's going to be fun. I'm going to learn something powerful and I'm going to get recognized for it. And I don't have to go to something else. It's right on the device. I like to consume everything from my mobile device. You have a big win. Love it. So and this is why I've been looking forward to this conversation with you for a long time, because I talk a lot about human behavior and performance and social belonging and social esteem and all these social things. And I talk about people being social animals, just like we were when we were in tribes and in caves and hunting, gathering and all that stuff. But what I love about what you're talking about is you recognize that, that, that people haven't really evolved that much, but our technology has evolved a lot, but you recognize it and deal with it, which is what I love. You're talking about it being mobile friendly, but mobile friendly in a way that impacts the human being that still exists within us all cognitively and biologically and all of that stuff. So is this where that your your term microlearning comes from on, on this little, you know, like a five minute short learning, learning bite? Is that what microlearning is? Yeah, you know, and it's not my term. There's microlearnings out there, but I would think this is the advanced definition. Uh, microlearning in a basic definition is short bursts of content. Um, but what we have done is taken that to the next level, which is the gamification, all those other aspects, mobile just-in-time notifications and all that stuff. And it's because just like the flywheel, uh, you can't just have it be mobile friendly and now to win. You can't just have, okay, I've got gamification and that's why my flywheel is moving fast and my learning culture is working really well. No, it's all of these right decisions in concert 
consistently done over time that gets your learning culture flywheel moving really fast that catalyzes the flywheels of you know your overall key levers of your business. Well, it sounds like this this idea of microlearning at this kind of advanced level that it's not just mobile for friendly, it's all these other things. It really fits with what we understand about human performance and performance charts and how training impacts people. Like you come out of uh, an intense training and it's kind of like the best you'll ever going to be. But if you don't do anything, it drops off your abilities and your skills drop off fairly rapidly. But what it sounds like with, with your system or what you talk about with micro learning is you're taking advantage of those little five minute intervals when you can. And the training goes on, but it's such a short, amount that people stay engaged with it so it's actually not only increasing their skill level but maintain it's increasing the baseline right like they're not going to drop below their baseline their baseline is actually going to get better with their skill set because of this level of micro learning that's kind of what it sounds like to me yeah i would say yeah so so micro learning leads to to deeper engagement and deeper attention deeper learning overall and let's just give everybody an example it's not necessarily less content this is is something that kind of gets mixed up when we talk about this sometimes. Um, let's say you have 20 minutes of a lesson. Okay, think of whatever lesson that is. And like something really needs to be explained in about 20 minutes. And let's say the traditional model is you have a 20 minute video and it's in an LMS system and maybe, you know, it plays the video for them and it checks off that they did it. Okay, that's kind of a typical model. Um, what I would say to that is take that same 20 minutes of content break it into four, three to four minutes, because there's probably some fluff in that 20 minutes. Longer videos have more fluff. You can pare it down a little bit, have four videos, put engagement with every video, at least one engagement question that completes, gives them achievement currency, goes to the leaderboard. Somebody could spend that same 20 minutes sitting down, going through the same content broken up with faster completions and gamification, and they're more likely to implement that content, want to come back, love it, and love the experience, even though it was the same content in that other 20-minute video. All right. So for guys like me that have a day job where we're in maybe more traditional organization, where you have monthly or quarterly or annual training requirements, and you're forced to go to a training day, or you you know, you know have to sit down and take this entire one-hour one course at a time, guys like me, there's a lot of us out there that are in these organizations that do that, that may think, hey, this is the only way, only way it can be done, the only way you've ever done it. What data is there to show that this microlearning actually causes deep learning? It's actually beneficial. And why should organizations maybe move this direction? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was talking to the dean of an Ivy League school. I won't say what it is. Uh, and the dean of educa- education there. And he leveled with me that they get 25% completion of their kids that go through online courses. These are kids that are at the school um, that also have real classes and they just can't retain people and they're using the traditional stuff, right? Old school. Um, so, and they're paying full price for that. And so uh, some data points are, we had a trainer, I'll say his name, Stephen Shapiro, uh, with a PH in his name. You can look him up, stephenshapiro.com, incredible uh, corporate speaker, innovation expert, he went uh, to many companies, but what we have the data for is these three companies, Coke, Marriott, and Capital One. And he launched a 30-lesson course after he did consulting with groups of middle managers about innovation. And afterwards, they launched this to each of those groups and each of those companies, the same course. And 
um, it was optional. That's the key thing here. It was made optional and it went over 30 days. And so every day they would get a text message to their phone and a link. They hit the link and then boom, Stephen Shapiro video would play. And then afterwards there'd be a question or the question would come first actually in his case. And then the video afterwards to reinforce what he taught them. And then they would get points and there would be a leaderboard they can instantly look at on their phone and see all the peers and people in different departments even, you know, on that leaderboard. So now what was the data? Well, unbelievably, I believe Coke was 76% completion of all lessons over those 30 days. Um, Marriott was 77% and Capital One was 100% completion. Just unbelievable. And it was made optional. And so why is it working? Well, it's because it's relevant content, it's, it's small morsels, it's, it's a nice little break, it's gamified, um, it's fun, I see a leaderboard. So you're hitting all the right psychological factors to make them wanna come back and, and enjoy the learning process. So now, how many people would say that, you know, people take away from a live training, you know, 50% of what they learned and implemented it? I bet you nobody here is raising their hand. Well, how many, how, how much do you think is implemented from live training? Is it, is it 20%, is it 10%? Is it, if I can just get my whole employee group to actually do one thing from it, if everybody did one thing, that'd be amazing. But I bet you nobody listening says that everybody does one thing from a live training, even if it's all day. Okay, so the implementation from live training is poor. But now if you add micro learning to it, dripped out, now what is that implementation afterwards? I don't actually have hard data on that, but from this example, you can imagine that far more was implemented because of the micro learning added to it. Well, yeah, because even if you even if you think about because I did a an episode on three degrees of influence, even if you think about that, that if you're able to utilize current technology in a way that impacts the human being, you're going to have more level of levels of influence because you're impacting more people. And they're going to impact others that are involved in the same in the same technology or the same system as them because you're getting more, you know, instead of throwing one pebble out there in the pond for an all-day training once a quarter, you're actually throwing a handful out there in little microbursts that can have a deeper level of influence throughout your organization. It sounds like to me that that's, that's one of those reasons why it's so so beneficial is because you are going to ultimately have more influence using this kind of a learning system. Oh, yeah. And just imagine this, like, imagine if we made it so simple, like the other part of it is, is videos are so easy to produce. Now it can just be a talking head video for two, three, four minutes because people will tolerate that and the software brings it to life. So there's less pressure on the video itself. But here's what's cool about that. Now that production's easy, um, you could go around with a camera and a couple LED lights and make heroes out of your employees. Talk about creating an incredible high performance culture, go get best practices from people, create a rhythm in your company that we're always learning and everybody gets say two lessons a week, every week. How hard is it to create two micro lessons a week and drip it out to people on Tuesdays and Thursdays? So spread it out over the week a little bit or Tuesdays and Fridays and they look forward to that and there's a leaderboard. And now when you're in meetings, you can recognize people on the leaderboard, you give prizes away, you can just make it fun. You can make learning fun. You, you have you have courses that cross departments and breaking down silos. And, you know, everybody wants to be a hero. They want to do their job really well. It's not only do they want to do their job really well because it's reinforced. People are getting recognized for it. There's a way to recognize that now. 
But hey, I'd love to be a trainer. I'd love to be in one of those videos and recognize for the great job I'm doing. So we're in an age where employee motivation has changed. They don't stick around because they get paid more money. Everyone wants to make more money, but that's not why they stick around. You don't stick around because you're gonna give them better benefits, although everybody loves that. They actually stick around because they feel like they're able to give their best contribution. They're recognized for it and they see a path to progress. I'm telling you, you gotta have the money there too, but that's the differentiator in an age where it's the hardest to retain people ever. Right now, I just saw a report. There's the most job openings we've ever had in America. Seven million job openings right now. And so there is, what's keeping your employees there? Well, it's gonna be culture. If you just have pay and benefits, but you don't have the right culture, you're toast. What happens to you? Think about this. What happens to you, those listening, when you are learning new things in a direction that make you feel more confident and capable in what generates you revenue or income? Absolutely. Great, right? Yeah, absolutely. And for the for people who have been listening for a while, go back and listen to the, the Crucial Talks episode on Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs and how excellent organizations are up at the top of that. And that's where all that social belonging and social motivation is. The safety and security stuff, that's just the money. But really, that money motivation doesn't even hold a candle to the social motivators that you're talking about, right? I mean, people that are, you know, they become the hero of their company because they're in this video. They become recognized for doing the things that, that the organization thrives on. And everybody's getting that benefit. You're you're raising everybody up as in that social motivating way, and it it really can make an organization turn from average to excellent. That is that's awesome that you guys have recognized that and brought that value to organizations everywhere. Really, it's really cool that that what you're doing is still impacting people where for so long since the industrial revolution. We have ignored as a country, really, really even as a world, we think of people as parts that can be interchanged. But in reality, we're not treating them like people. But what you're doing is you're recognizing people as people and how to get the most from human performance. That's right. No, well said. That is awesome. No, that is that's totally cool. So, hey, I know we are running out of time here. So what I was hoping we could do is talk really, really quickly just about this uh, because you've said it a couple times, but if we could hit what is just in time learning and how does that create this rhythm that you're talking about? Because I know you said it a couple times, but for those of those people out there like me that don't get to experience what you're talking about every day, what is just in time learning and, and what is this rhythm you're talking about? No, great. Uh, the, the traditional way, first of all, is create a library of content, tell your employees to go learn it. Now, that gets out of sight, out of mind, becomes a burden. They do it right before the deadline and they regurgitate it and it's not fun. What you really need is give them just small morsels of content with the gamification we're talking about, that social learning, just, you know, the day you want them to take it right to their mobile device, right? Or their computer. That's fine. It works everywhere. Um, and, and don't ask for too much. Just ask them to do that one lesson. And then maybe a couple days later, give them another lesson. So now you as an administrator or a leader can deliver content just in time to keep their appetite high for wanting more. It reminds me of my daughter, my first daughter. 
you know, I was a new parent and she wouldn't eat anything. And I got the biggest plate possible, cut the piece of pizza in the smallest slice I possibly could and put it on a big white plate. She gobbled it up, whereas before she wouldn't even take a bite. And then I said, I don't know if you can eat more than that. She goes, Dad, I can eat more than that. And I cut another sliver. I put it right in the middle. Pretty soon she's ate two full pieces of pizza. And it's the same thing. No one's different than a six-year-old when it comes to this. It's that we are over, we're bombarded. And if you tell us a library of content and it looks like a lot of stuff, we're just like dread. So you want to inspire versus dread and just in time learning works to do that. But you had to fix a couple of things to be able to do this. You had to fix production because that's too expensive. takes too long. You know, people don't care about quality of video. And this is the opposite of what you hear marketing agencies say. People don't care. They just want, they want the knowledge. And if you just have, it reminds me, I have to have, I know time is here, but I have to say this one quick story. There was a, a guy that uh, led in a, a conglomerate of hospitals, 11 hospitals in, in the L&D department, learning development. And he, uh, they were forever wanting to create lessons of this one doctor doing this certain kind of procedure um, so that other people could get it. But it kept being this thing of, oh, it's too hard and getting time with them and getting them in the studio and all these things. So this L&D guy took out his iPhone 6 and said, do it right now, shot it on his iPhone for five minutes, put it up on their website in a secure place for the other doctors to watch. And this doctor was blown away. He's like, I have been having to repeat, teach this over and over and over again. And what you just did in five minutes is revolutionary. <laughs> and so was that a highly polished video? No, who cares? Right. Yeah, no, that's totally right. Yeah, I love what you said there. Because even with the story about your daughter, because it's, well, you know, it goes back to that saying, how do you eat, how do you eat an elephant from one bite at a time? And um, and even, I can't remember, you know, there's so many books by Navy SEALs out there. I remember there was one where he talked about, hey, the, re the way he made it through Buds was just by telling himself to get to the next meal. And that's kind of like what we're saying with some of this learning and the learning culture and Microlearning is making those small bites that people can can digest, and it will have a bigger impact than putting everything in one huge bite that people can't see themselves getting through. Exactly. Well, hey, uh, so before we go, um, I know you brought up your daughter, and I know you're a strong family guy. You got like seven kids, and uh, your your wife and you do a lot of this. A lot of this kind of stuff where you're you're doing things online, you're you're trying to reach out to people. So before we let you go, I want you to cover a couple things. One, your website, what they can get from you, what services you offer. But since you're here, I'd like you to cover uh, really quickly your wife's website of CourageousMom.com and what that is. Um, if, if you could tell us. I know you guys are doing some great things. So if you can give us some little bite-sized chunks on what you're doing and what benefit the listeners can get out of it and how they reach you, that would be great. My wife and I firmly believe if you fix parenting, you fix a lot of the problems in the world, if not most all of them. And and there's just a lot of distractions today and there's a lot of bad information and pressures to keeping families from even having dinner together. So CourageousMom.com uh, is my wife's um, blog and website. There's lots of courses. She has a book and all that. 
and it's to help it's to help moms it's to help moms be great moms and i have um isaactolpen.com on that side of things and on social media resolute man uh just to help men be strong uh, reject passivity and lead their families and we're just really passionate about that we have some parenting books that are about to launch too so you can be looking out for those um and then you know from everything we've been talking about today conveyour.com so c-o-n-v-e-y-o-u-r.com uh that's our company and the micro learning platform that is easy to create engaging training experiences but you know what mike uh, since this has been a incredible interview actually i've just really enjoyed this um i think I, I would like to give something to everybody um you can put it in the show notes if you'd like but it's a course i built in our software on how to create a high performance culture. And um, I just thought that might be relevant. No, a lot of people that listen here are either leaders or they're into safety or risk. And, and really in safety and risk, there is this focus now on, on high performance and high performing teams and building capacity as opposed to just putting in preventive measures, actually building the capacity into human-based systems. I think it would be great um, for people to be able to go there and take a look at that co- course on high performance culture. So how would they do that? Well, I'm going to give you a link. Um, you can put it in the show notes or give it out wherever you want right. and it'll be free. And literally all you're going to do is you're going to put your name, your email, your cell phone number in, and you're going to get a text message from me right after you do that in our system with a link and you'll have access to it. Now, what's cool about it is you'll experience just in time training. It's going to text you once a day for eight days and give you a five minute lesson each day. Um, that's really breakthrough stuff on creating a high performance culture. Awesome. And so I really wanted to thank you for taking the time out to have an interview with us. There's a lot of good information in this. Again, everybody needs to check it out. So if you go to www.convey your.com. I'll put it in the show notes or um, even check out the other, the other website, courageousmom.com or isaactolpin.com and check out that other stuff because everything we've been talking about over the last year since I started this podcast is about human behavior, human decision-making and having a positive strength-based approach to human systems. And that means whether it's yourself, whether it's your family, whether it's your community or whether it's your organization. And everything Isaac and I have got to talk about today is so great because it it really fits all those things. And I'm even seeing in my own personal business for for speaking and for the podcasting, I'm seeing things that he's talked about that can help in all of those things. I mean, there's so much value in what we've got to talk about with Isaac. So if you've seen value in this interview, go ahead and review the podcast and share it with somebody because when we do that, we can get the message out there so more people can hear great interviews just like this one with Isaac. So if you get a chance, please do that. I'd love to have your review on it and to share the podcast. Also, if you get a chance, visit my website at www.crucialtalks.com. Please connect with me via email or on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. I'm always available to talk with you. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people.